0: You're listening to episode 77 of Daughters on Fire with Robin Aram and Melissa Burton. In this week's episode, Robin and I are going to be talking about show timing. This happens when your loved one with dementia goes out and interacts with the public, especially healthcare providers, and all of a sudden, there are no problems. Memory is crystal clear, pains and ailments have magically disappeared. Yes, it all seems to go away When the eyes of other people are looking on and that can be so frustrating for the caregiver so we will talk about today this phenomenon and how to deal with it as you move forward
1: in your caregiving journey are you stressed burned out and looking for answers as you care for an aging parent
0: if you are this podcast is for you here you will receive actionable advice from seasoned professionals Validation and compassion for the incredibly tough job you are doing. And most importantly, supportive love from a community of like-minded warriors.
1: You're not alone. Join this powerful community as we support you on your complicated journey and help you transform into an empowered and calmer caregiver.
0: Welcome back. Today, Robin and I are going to talk about... Some issues that I know we've all dealt with as caregivers when we take our loved ones out and about into the world, and that is that they appear to be so much better in public or with people, healthcare professionals, to be like on target and cognizant and charming and well-spoken, when in reality, it's a lot different at home. So Robin, tell us more about this. And I know you have a name for it, or you've heard a name for it. So introduce us.
1: Well, concept. I just recently was on a webinar, and they called it show timing. And I thought that was perfect, because mm-hmm. they are showing off. And I also think of Showtime as uh, the movie channel that we watch on cable. So they're showing they're stepping up. They're the best person that they can be.
0: Yes. It's like the movie of the night. Is. That's right. Mom has no problems. Mom does not have dementia and her back, which kept her in bed for a week is doing just fine.
1: That's right. When the, when the doctor says, how are you doing? Everything's perfect. And we suddenly have forgotten all the things they've complained about and, and said for weeks prior to that let me ask you
0: do you think and it's probably a mix of both but do you think that they don't remember or that they really are just kind of making up like no I am great because I want people to believe I'm great I
1: I think probably a lot of it is I'm great because I want people to think I'm great Mm -hmm. but I know my mom would say stuff like well it's not hurting right this minute Mm -hmm. so maybe it was she didn't remember that she sat on the heating pad Mm-hmm. for a week prior
0: and I remember you saying sat onto the eating pad until to the point where it was giving her like a burning rash
1: right right so um but I do think that maybe there's a little bit of fear going to the doctor that they know the doctor could pull the trigger at any point and say they do have a disease and now you got to do xyz mm-hmm. so I think that that's just they're cognizant enough to show up and perform to show Mm -hmm. time Mm -hmm. for the doctor you're typically in the doctor 10 to 15 minutes so you can pull anything off and same thing i hear people talk about at church or at gatherings maybe they're gone they've gone out to a reunion or um meeting friends for dinner there's a short period of time there that they can just play it off and they seem normal Mm-hmm. And then you get them home and it's a whole different ballgame and probably worse because there you sit with um, their exhaustion from show timing. Right, right,
0: right. So you get home and it's like worse than you even seen it because like you said, they're exhausted. Well, I think also when uh, something that is a risk for show timing is that. In front of the doctor, you might be like, "Yes," kind of bobbleheading. Yes, yes, I understand, and everything's fine. And the doctor might say something like, "Oh, yes, your renal failure is is uh, these numbers, and this, and this, and this." And then they're just like, "Yes, uh huh, I understand." And then they get home, and then they look at you and say, "I'm in renal failure. Am I going to die?" Right. And, and meaning, and the doctor may have meant like everybody over a certain age starts to have renal decline and numbers look, you know, start to go down and they may label it as kidney failure or renal failure or congestive heart disease. But it could be that you're at the beginning stages of something that may be something that's normal progression as your body starts to decline, but you, a loved one might hear it and catastrophize it. But in their head, while they're sitting there, they just bottle it up and they're shaking their head. Like they understand. And it's no big deal. And they leave freaked out because they didn't ask the doctor to further explain what the heck are you talking about?
1: Well, and and to that point, I've had several families that what happens is they come home and the person totally loses it because the doctor said they had a memory situation or they Mm -hmm. had uh, Alzheimer's and What? I'm not, I'm I'm not crazy. I'm not this way. I'm not insane. That was the big word that my mom always used from back then. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not going to an insane asylum and and things of that nature. And I've had the families go as far as to say, don't mention that he has memory issues because it upsets him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so they do go home and lose it. Of course, the doctor never sees that. And he doesn't see the reaction and the behaviors as well. And and the
0: doctor may never see him again because the doctor said that out loud, and he may
1: never want to go right. back. Right, I'm not to going back doctor. to him. That, and how many times have you heard that? That doctor is a quack. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. a quack. He didn't know what he's talking about. I'm like crazy. Mm-hmm.
0: And then, uh, meanwhile, another part of this could be that they go in, they're show timing, everything's fine. Maybe an issue is discussed. And the doctor says, okay, you have this condition. Here's how you're going to have, you have heart issues or blood pressure issues. Uh, you're going to have to manage it. It's going to mean these interventions, these medications, checking back in. You're going to have this whole regimen of behavior that you need to adhere to when you go home. And again, the shaking. Yes, yes, I get it. Of course. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, either they're not listening, paying attention or have any desire to actually implement what is going, what is being told to them. So they're going to go home and be completely non-compliant. Then they're going to come back and they're, the doctor is going to say, well, have you been following that regimen? Yes, yes, yes. Of course I have. I've been following the regimen. They haven't. And there's, you know, the doctor is wondering why on earth, of course, most doctors probably are pretty savvy to know if your numbers and your, your um, symptoms are not lining up. The way they should, then chances are you've been non-compliant with the interventions that they've put in place. But again, what does all this lead to? A very non-productive medical appointment, you know, if if the doctor doesn't see what he needs to see, he or she, if the doctor tells you to do something that's not going to be put into action, it's a very unproductive healthcare experience.
1: Well, what about I think about pills? And if they've been on maintenance type medicines for years, they typically know how many pills or the shape or the color, probably mainly the color. And now the doctor's saying, oh, your numbers have changed a little bit. I'm going to change the medication. So now you might be taking two more or two less or, or whatever the doctor decides. And so that leads to confusion as well. Well, I'm not taking these. I haven't taken these in the past. I'm not doing it, you know, that type situation. So it just turns into a big downward spiral, because your numbers are out, your pills are off, your maybe eating is off, all the things are off, that um, you weren't capable of sitting there and getting more questions, asking more questions. What do you mean? What's Talking happening? about prop, yes. Right.
0: And I think that an answer, which is not there's not always an easy solution to these things, but something that can be helpful, a tip that can be helpful, is the empowered caregiver going in and and knowing that these things might happen. So, a caregiver calling the doctor on the front end, communicating with them to, about non-compliance issues, about uh, what you know, asking the provider to maybe see them separately, or sharing information with them before the appointment. So they're more aware that they may not be getting the full picture during the appointment, having the questions answered, call back to the office to talk to the nurse. If your loved one does not is freaked out at home, you know, okay, we're going to call the nurse. We're going to get more questions answered and and help orient you to what really is happening. I know lots of people who've done that and they found out that, oh, this thing, this renal issue that the doctor talked about is no big deal. Hello. You know, I remember something similar like that happening to me. I won't get into it, but I was having a test done and, and somebody offhand, the technician offhand mentioned something that sounded super scary that I needed to follow up on and I followed up on it like I made an appointment to follow up on it and turns out it was absolutely no big deal so I think we need to be careful that if we're scared or confused that we tell the people we're scared or confused because they 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 know what they're seeing but it's it's in medical la-la land, right? It's not a land that we exist in. So it can be very confusing.
1: And to your point, Melissa, think about what our our world is like now with the internet. You can get on the internet and Google anything and send yourself right over the edge. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we have that knowledge enough to make us dangerous, Mm -hmm. rather than Mm -hmm. to be helpful. Mm -hmm. And so you think, oh, I know what renal failure means. So you go to the extreme Well, you don't know maybe the different levels as you're saying, or Mm -hmm. different things that that are wrong or different dementias. And so you totally go off the edge and you haven't been educated. So it is that call back and be sure to have those form signs saying that you can speak to the doctor and the nurse so Amen. that they will, they will be able to talk to you about these issues, but mm-hmm. it is call back. Don't feel silly. You're mm-hmm. not a doctor. You didn't go to school for this. I need to know more. Explain it to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was a situation where um, you big again, because of COVID, Sometimes the advocate is not right there next to somebody as they're being informed about something in a medical situation. And I had a a client whose loved one was in a hospital setting and the doctor came in and talked to them about DNR and they, again, yes, yes, yes. I understand. Okay. And then after they got the doctor left, they called and said, I'm dying to their family. I'm dying because I just had the DNR do not resuscitate conversation with the doctor. Well, I was able to, and the family was like, Oh my goodness. The family did not understand that the DNR conversation, everybody who is admitted into a hospital setting, everybody who is admitted into a rehabilitation, like if you're staying over the night overnight in a healthcare place, you've, You have to have the the do not resuscitate conversation. (laughs) You could be going in for, uh, you know, something pretty minor, but if you're there overnight or you're having, if you're being put under for anything, then you have to have the conversation. Now I could be wrong on some of these issues, but even minor procedures, you have to have the conversation about are you, if you stop breathing, And you're like, you know, non-responsive dead. Do you want to be brought back with CPR? They didn't, this lovely woman and even her family didn't understand that this is a conversation that was, that the doctor was having with every patient he saw. She thought it was just happening for her. And that meant that she was on her way out.
1: Well, and that's to that same point, when you have those at home, when you have a living will, when you've done your healthcare agent and and all of your wishes, those copies need to be made and sent to the doctors and the hospitals. And you need to keep those handy so that you can turn it over. Now, that's assuming that this doctor who is a hospitalist is just coming in, is going to look through your chart. Probably not. Mm -hmm. He's probably going to do the whole verbal check just like you talked about but should something happen somebody is probably going to look in that chart and say hey no she signed a DNR at this point Mm -hmm. but twofold one educate yourself on what's going on and two get those forms filled out and given to the appropriate authorities
0: right and if you want to if you're fearful around not being resuscitated and you want to live well then don't worry because that's the default you know they are going to perform every life-sustaining intervention that they possibly can so it's really people who have thought it out who don't want the those interventions to keep them alive that need the paperwork in place in lieu of not having it in place they're going to do everything they can
1: right And I've told the story before where the doctor came in and said to me, oh, your mom told me she was a a DNR or she wasn't a DNR. She wasn't full code. And I said, oh, oh no, No, she was full code. She She was full code. She wanted everything. She wanted everything. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. It's in her, her chart. And but he was talking to somebody who when she came in, was totally confused mm-hmm. could not answer any questions mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's that's my um plug my soapbox i'm going to step down now about your papers but papers. still
0: and on top of that the frustration right now of of advocating to get in to be by the side of your loved one because again the show um show timing is a huge problem when they're having to seek medical attention without anybody right there next to them. Okay. You have somebody who is dealing with a health issue in a state of delirium and uh, the doctor actually believes that they're in their right mind and they can answer questions for themselves. You and I couldn't answer questions for ourselves if we were sick right. or delirious. Right. Anyway. That goes back to last week's episode or mm-hmm. the previous episode about uh, advocacy, <laughs> getting your advocates there to, to speak for you when you can't speak for yourself.
1: It's the truth. Get that team together. And yes, because the,
0: the team will be able to educate on the what's going on when it's show timing, when your loved one is show timing.
1: All right. That wraps us up and we'll see you next time we hope
0: you enjoyed today's episode and ask that you subscribe to this podcast if you find this podcast helpful please leave a review so we can reach more women like you you are not alone on your journey and the fire tribe is here to support you check us out at daughtersonfire.com and our facebook group for more support and resources until next time remember you are the fire that fuels the engine of life